And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. From Las Vegas, from Summer League, we've got a podcast. And guess what? We have kind of a stable Wizards roster, too. And I I think it's time we kind of dig into this thing. Uh, You know, the Wizards roster is basically done. You know, maybe a trade's coming. That's plausible. But for now, it's been quiet for a week. They've got 15 guys. Anthony Gill has been guaranteed now. Howell Neto's contract is done. The Wizards have 15 guys on the roster. Uh, you know, Isaiah Todd is is signed and good to go. We we know what the Wizards roster looks like now, or at least we think we know what the Wizards roster looks like. And if we don't know exactly what it looks like, we we know damn close to what it's going to look like. So I think we're going to talk about some of that because it's time to start breaking some of this down. And, uh, you know, I'm in my hotel room in Vegas right now, and on the Skype line is a uh, a very important person to me. None other than Ben Standick, ready to break down all things Wizards. It is about to pour here where I am in uh, in uh, Maryland, and you are near the Bellagio Fountain. So uh, I think you've got a better situation uh, than I do right now. So congrats on that. It's, uh, it's raining Wizards Summer League tears because they couldn't get their first game out there that's 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 really what all of this is representative of but hey they played they played on tuesday night they played a summer league game my part of my rule of summer league is to is to never write or tweet about summer league but i think we're going to talk about summer league on here i feel like i feel like <laughs> i feel like you have summer league things to discuss i i don't i don't even want to live in a world where you don't have summer league things to discuss i, I miss summer league obviously there was no summer league last year because of the the world we were in but like i've gone i don't know since john wall entered the league i've been to almost all of them or pretty close to them uh so yeah it's a bummer to not be there but you know what are you gonna do well should we should we dive right into it what whatever you guys this is your show i just hang out occasionally you're just the guy who creeps around in the back uh okay wow. Well, it's it's oh, partially your sh- <laughs> it's partially your show too, because we're 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 unveiling a you are should we do the new segment? We're unveiling a new segment today. Oh, you want to lead off with that? Hell so, yeah, we're leading off with that. We the Wizards pulled off one of the most complicated trades in recent NBA history that had every single kind of move plausible. They signed Spencer Dinwiddie. They officially acquired Montrezl Harrell and Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Aaron Holiday and Kyle Kuzma and, and finalized the Dinwiddie signing and traded Russell Westbrook and there were a million other moving parts and we had a one-hour podcast to do and you still led the podcast talking about Isuf Sinan being on the Wizards Summer League team. So, hell yeah, we're starting with this. Okay. Our longtime listeners to the podcast know Ben's obsession with... Uh, with uh, a, the Wizards 15th man whether it's Justin Robinson or Isuf Sinan or whatever else so so we're I, I'm just gonna concede the floor to Ben uh once an episode 
We're going to call this segment Isus Synonymous because he's got some issues. So, so Ben, first round of Isus Synonymous, what do you got for us? Yeah, hi. Um, my, my name is Ben, and I have a niche wizard's problem. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, yeah, the, 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 I'm, I don't know if I can top the Usuf Sanan one, especially in the context that you just laid out, but um, I, I guess I'll just go with this, like, so I, I was watching. I didn't watch a ton of the summer league game, but I did watch some of it. And you know, I only like we all were watching it right for any summer league game. You're watching for the basically who's the, the the star of that team. It's probably the first round pick, or maybe it's some second year player. You know, we've seen Glenn Rice Jr. be a summer league MVP, and we saw Jan Vesely foul out when you get ten fouls. So you know, you never know what you're going to get. But you gotta have. If I have one rule of uh, you know, of summer league. You, you gotta have a point guard you have to because like it is a scramble situation all the way around and so like the wizard i'm not saying you have to have like chris paul you just have to have somebody who can be a real point guard and they had that right they've got that cassius winston um you know four-year player at michigan state last year whatever he was going on with, with you know in his with the odd g-league scenarios all that so okay they're gonna have that and then unfortunately you know he lands on the, in the he's in, he's now in the COVID protocols, and I don't know maybe you know I don't know if he's going to be if we think he'll be back for any of this or or we don't know or who knows what, and uh you know that that takes away such a key component and I guess the 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 it, this leads to two things one this part's not so niche but like at watching Corey Kispert for a few minutes like he's a kind of player whatever he is he needs a point guard to help run the offense it's so much off the ball work so i guess i would just say like whatever's gonna you're gonna think of Corey kispert throughout this probably you'll have to like dial back some level of expectations because unless winston comes back or something somebody else steps up i don't know about um they may not have a, a legit point guard to be able to get you the ball the way he's gonna need it so is that and then two i complained about this a year ago that if you're drafting a four-year player in the second round that guy better be you think you better think he can play because the likelihood is second-round picks don't don't last, and he won't be on the team for long, and then that pick will have gone away. And all the reasons why I constantly fetch about all these things is because you want the team to take to maximize all circumstances. Uh, that's why the Usef Sanan pick itself was great, and Aaron White worked out, because they took those guys, threw them overseas, and just held their rights until they needed them for trades, and they traded them both in deals that uh, – that, that, that helped him, and now, you, what did you just tell me, 15 players are on the roster? Is Cassius Winston one of those 15? No, he's not. He's still out there. But he could right. be back so on a two-way. On, I mean, he could plausibly be back on the two-way. Sure, and, and that's not nothing. But, but wait, in order for him to be on it, wait, is he, so wait, is he actually, do they actually own his rights right now, or no? He, they, they he's restricted. I hate own rights, he's a human, but you know what I mean, like as a player. He's restricted. So. Okay, so I mean. You know, it, they could they could yeah, bring him back the, on a two way for sure. All right, That's well, possible. whatever it is, I'm just saying that this is why these second round picks are so important and they shouldn't be dispensed easily. I'm not talking about the the, the trade they just made the other day. That was good. You, you got you, you you did stuff with that. But the combination of you, you, I didn't like drafting this guy when you didn't when you didn't have a space for him and you weren't going to use him. And now the one time we really could use him, unfortunately, We've got this uh, COVID situation going on, and we don't know if he's going to be able to play, which would help the, the Corey Kispert thing. So th there's a lot going on there that, uh, to, to the point of this segment, couldn't be more minor and niche. At the same time, it bothers the bleep out of me. 
you know, we have analytics on the podcast that show not just our overall listenership, but listenership throughout a show. I can't wait to see the analytics on this one because I, I have a feeling right oh. around the four minute marker, we're <laughs> we're just gonna see this. Uh, crater right around the fourth Isuf Sanan reference. I think we're we're gonna see an extraordinary dip. I think it's I think it's gonna <laughs> I be. Mean, I told- I think it's just going to be not not a crater because a crater rounds out. I think we're just going to see a cliff. I think we're just going to see full on cliff. But you know what? Worth it. Worth it. Worth it for (laughs) for everything that was on brand right there. I'm so excited about this. Uh, No, you are. You are. You are right about judging Kispert in summer league. I mean, he was he was fine during that game. He hit a couple threes. Uh, You know, he he was fine off the ball he was you know from from what i watched he was uh he was confident chucking up threes and and you know he's he's the ultimate type of guy because he's an off ball guy he's the ultimate type of guy who you you just can't really judge him if he's not playing with a really good playmaker and and he had goodwin out there with him and he had Holmesley out there with him and the, and those were his guys and uh yeah i'm with you it's hard to judge him it's going to be hard to judge him during summer league um It'll be interesting to see how he plays with really good facilitators. He did that at Gonzaga, which is one thing that I actually think is there's an argument to be made that that enhances his numbers because you play with better facilitators, you're going to be a better player. But but he also knows how to play around really good guys because he was around Suggs and really high-end college players. So, uh, you know, we'll see how, how this goes in Summer League moving forward. I want to talk about the roster, though. That's more interesting than Summer League. Well, we can talk about summer league work because they've they've only played one game. If if something super interesting happens in Wizards summer league, we'll we'll talk about it on the next episode. Uh, but I want to I want to talk about this actual roster. Your point guards are Spencer Dimwitty, Aaron Holiday, Howell Neto. Your kind of guards slash wings are Bradley Beal, Corey Kispert, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Denny Avdia. Your power forwards, which you could throw Denny in that category if you're somebody who believes that. This is where it's kind of overload right here. And power forward and center is is I think the most interesting part of the roster uh, because there's there's kind of a logjam there. So at, at power forwards, you got you got Rui, you got Bertans, you got Kyle Kuzma, you got Isaiah Todd, you got Anthony Gill, who's now guaranteed. And at center, you got Montrezl Harrell, Daniel Gafford, and Thomas Bryant. Bryant's going to go into the year. Uh, you know, not not uh, ready to play right away. Uh, I think you know a couple months into the year, they're hoping he can be back by then. But you know, they'll they'll see. I don't think there's a strict timetable on him like that. They're they're hopeful it'll you know maybe he could be back in December, but that's not a strict. All right, they expect him back December twelfth. It's it's not that sort of deal. Um, ben, I I asked you and said I would too. Uh, come with a most interesting thing or or at least just an interesting thing that you think about this uh pseudo finalized roster so i'll i'll let you go first what do you got yeah i mean you know i guess the thing with last year with last year's roster just from the start before we even get to the 27 things that happened last year with with the covid and the westbrook injury and whatever else um and that is you kind of knew what the ceiling was on this team because Westbrook was Westbrook and Bradley Beal while ascending 
isn't going to like a super, super duper star level. And so it just kind of was like, you know, okay, you get why they made the, the Westbrook wall trade. We don't have to get to that. But just like there was a ceiling, you could see it. It was, it was there. That's different than when that was wall and Beal together on those, on those teams. You, yeah. You figured they weren't going to contend with LeBron necessarily, but we didn't know where it would go. They were both up and coming and, and all that. And that was what's part of what was frustrating last year. They dealt into a low ceiling because of a hundred reasons. And I think this group, while I would say that realistically, the ceiling is probably in that same space, which is, you know, if everything goes well, maybe you're the sixth seed, but realistically, maybe you're somewhere in that, you know, playing game range and all that. However, I think the difference for me is that there are a lot of more variables here and potentially positive variables, right? You have, you know, now three recent first round picks and we'll see where they go. I don't know if there's an all-star there, but younger guys, you know, that's not a bad place to be. You know, Kyle Kuzma got a lot, a lot of attention when he came into the league, and then he's kind of tapered off a bit. Maybe playing away from LeBron and Anthony Davis will work to his advantage. If they're, you know, if what we saw early in his career was the real, the the closer to the real version of him, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe he can get sparked here playing with Beal and Dinwiddie and having a larger role, more consistent um, minutes. I mean, Daniel Gafford, you know, we saw how you know how fun he was coming over. What's the next step? For him, and then even just like you know the the fact that you have all these movable contracts, other than Beal and you know maybe other than Dinwiddie, um, you know you can take a lot of these pieces and do something fun with it. And I, you know, typically when there's a, a notable NBA player who, who who wants out of a team before or during a season, you know that player tends to go to a contender, and the Wizards don't look to be that person. But there are now suddenly a lot of pieces that they have that you could take. Here's three or four pieces, maybe a pick, throw it somewhere, and still have you know, enough to work with. And I think from that perspective, that even though I suspect that the end result is somewhat comparable to where we were a year ago, there's now a lot more paths to follow. And that, to me, is at least more interesting than it was a year ago when, as fun as Westbrook was, you knew where it was going and it kind of went where it went. Um, and that's what I think is kind of most interesting to me about this team right now. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I think that's a good take. I think that's interesting. You know what I think is interesting? Tell me. What's the future of Davis Bertans? Like, what what do we think is going to happen there? So they've got, all right, here are guys who you know for sure are playing a good chunk of minutes. We know Spencer Dinwiddie is going to start a point guard and that he is going to play starters minutes. We know Bradley Beal is starting at shooting guard and playing 36 minutes a game or whatever it ends up being. 
We know Contavious Caldwell Pope. I think he's going to start at the three. I would say he is certainly the favorite to start at the three. But even if he doesn't start and they decide to bring him off the bench, we know he's playing at least 25 minutes a game and more likely more than that. You know he's getting a good chunk of minutes. You know Rui's getting a good chunk of minutes. You know Gafford is getting 20-plus. That's five guys right there. You know they're going to continue to play Denny. How the hell is Kyle Kuzma not going to play? He's one of their better wing defenders, too. He can One of their better wing defenders can create a shot and can hit an open three. You know Kuzma is going to play. You know one of Gafford or you know one of uh, Harold or Bryant is going to play. And certainly off the bat, it's going to be Harold because we're presuming that Bryant is still going to be hurt at the start of the year. I mean, now we're getting deep into the rotation. And now we've got some redundancies. We haven't talked about Corey Kispert yet. You know? We, we we haven't talked about, okay, well, you know, they could use some extra defense on a given night. Maybe it's one of the nights where they throw out Anthony Gill. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know, Bertans can shoot the hell out of the ball. And part of the reason that he struggled after getting that contract last year was because he showed up out of shape. And I'm not saying that's on anybody other than him. But what I'm saying is the expectation is probably not for him to do the exact same thing this year. You would think that he's going to show up in game shape to training camp this year if he doesn't obviously you've got a huge huge problem uh but you would think that he's going to show up in better shape which means that he'll probably be healthier throughout the season uh you know barring bad luck or something like that at least he's more likely to be healthy throughout the season and also more likely to play well for all of the obvious reasons that being said if he's getting pulverized on defense uh and you have other good options at that position I, I don't see a world in which Rui is going to drop to 18 minutes a game. Uh, you know, maybe Kuzma ends up getting traded somewhere when he has a year and a half left on his deal in it. it. It changes the balance of the roster and you trade him for a two guard or something like that. And, and now now you're a little more loaded up at the top and, 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 and you freed up some minutes around the, the forward position. But I... I I'm not saying Bertans isn't going to get 25 minutes. I'm just saying there's a world where he doesn't. And he still has four years left on that deal. And I just, I mean, look, he was great two years ago. He was one of the, he had one of the five best three-point shooting seasons in the league two years ago. He, he, he had 200 threes in a shortened season uh, and, and hit it with ridiculous efficiency from absurd distances. And his shooting just didn't have the same effect last year. And maybe a new coach, new system, they find new and better ways to use him, pair that with him coming into camp better, in better shape, more ready to go. And all of a sudden, you get the Bertons from two years ago, or maybe even better than the Bertons from two years ago. And that's one way this season can go. And another way this season can go is Rui comes into camp and he's better. Gafford comes into camp and he's now able to play 25 minutes a game, 28 minutes a game because he worked on his conditioning and he got better and he's only 23. That's not an unreasonable thing to expect. Harrell and or Bryant is going to command minutes at the big spots. Uh, you know, even just like last year, they they got Berton's extra minutes by playing him and Rui together. KCP is there. Maybe Denny comes in better because he's 20 years old and maybe his shot got a little better or just... 20-year-olds tend to get better from year to year. Maybe there's just natural progression. Maybe Kuzma's just too solid on both sides of the ball. And and if that's the case, then they're going to have to like wedge Bertans into the rotation. Or, or maybe he's not in it. 
Uh, and that that that's probably an unrealistic worst case scenario, but it's just a thought that keeps crossing my mind. Like where where does he the obvious answer to where he fits into this is is okay. Beal and Bertons on the floor two years ago were the offense was killer. When those two guys were on the floor together two years ago, it meant you were gonna have a great offense. And and maybe they're like that is going to prove true this year too. So we're going to find 25 minutes for him and it's going to come at the expense of, uh, uh, you know, other of those guys. But, you know, if Bertans gets 25, that means someone else who I just named isn't. That means maybe Kuzma isn't. Maybe he's getting very few minutes. Uh, maybe the number 15 pick Kispert is the one who ends up as the odd man out. Like someone here will end up odd man out. I'm not even arguing. Oh, this is a terrible thing. It's good to be deep. It's just, you know. I'm I'm fascinated by where Berton specifically falls in all this because of his history with the organization, because of where he is in his career, and because of where he is in that contract. Well, I mean, yeah. No, it's a it's absolutely a, a great point. And, you know, when in my head I just kind of have been assuming that something else is still going to happen for or even if it's not for Bertan specific you you know I'm just again believer in you maximize your situations possible and obviously injuries happen and all that stuff but realistically they have too many people you should try to you know you can't you know if, if everybody's if they even like have reasonable health some of these people that we're talking about are just not going to really even play much I mean you just mentioned like it feels like it's sort of like a Berton or Denny kind of situation uh, just in a brief way you just laid it out there we didn't you know that means like Kispert basically doesn't play the guy you just drafted in the first round and those three centers you know how does that play out you know again we'll see when Bryant comes back from his injury so there it does feel like there's a move to be made but in terms of Bertans so on the one hand Tommy Shepard is wedded to Bertans he was the GM that you know issued that contract to him for 16 million a year right but it is a new coach it is a new scenario and why did they bring in Wes Unseld specifically if we're going to ignore the potential marketing aspect of it, right? The specific reason that Wes Unseld that was t- was touted was how much of a role he had in Denver's defense, right? Clearly, the Wizards have been a disaster <laughs> at, at that in that category the last couple of years, right? So defense is going to be a big emphasis. We'll see what happens, but that's an, an emphasis. There's reasons to think they should be better. Gafford will be here a full year. You mentioned Kuzma, Caldwell, Pope. They, they, they'll help there. Bertans is not so much. And if the emphasis is going to be on this thing and he can't do it, and then simultaneously called KCP shoots 41% from three last year. Kuzma shoots 36. That's not the same as Bertans making every three-pointer he seemingly took two years ago, but or when he has those games where he's making eight threes. But it's a two it's a, the game goes both ends of the court. So you it is a it is a realistic question. And Wes Unsell is not going to be wedded to him. So um, you know, and it it seemed like Scott Brooks was able to sort of play who he wanted. So I do think it's a very interesting point. Like I said, at a minimum, it feels like there's a deal to be made, even if it is just sort of we'll trade this player to somebody for some future asset or something, or maybe it's a two for one. I, you know, I have no, I don't know, but I, yeah, I, I think it's a totally reasonable point because if, if Bertans does play, then probably Denny's not. And I, you know, that doesn't seem like it's a great way to go. Um, I, no, which, by and the I way, don't, Denny, I don't think that's going to happen. Like I don't think they're not going to play Denny. I don't. I don't think that's, like I don't think that's a realistic scenario. You know, I'm. Right. You probably and don't. By the way, this, 
and by the way, this brings up sort of the other component to sort of the, what's overriding for the Wizards is like, where are they? You know, are they going for it or are they sort of a younger team on the come? Because that that's the issue, right? If you if you were really going for it, well, then Bertans probably p- plays. Not only did you pay him the money, but his three point shooting can be a big weapon in certain circumstances. Circumstances. On the other hand, if you're kind of in, in in some kind of rebuild mode, you're going to want to make sure you get Denny and Corey Kispert out there, right? Because that's the, where you're at. You're heading in that direction. I um, mean, even guys like Kuzma, right? I, you know, still pretty young, you know. So I don't know. So so that's the part that makes it interesting. But no, I agree. I think Bertans. It's a it's a fascinating situation. Um, what the, what's going to happen here? Yeah, it is. And one thing that I'll add to the depth of the roster, I agree. I wouldn't be shocked if a if a move came. Uh, one thing with the depth of the roster, you know, I was I went on low post last week, which, by the way, listeners can can check that out. And Zach and I had like a 30 minute conversation over on his podcast uh, about all things Wizards. And, and one thing that I after it, I was like, oh, I wish I brought this up. We were kind of talking about the depth of the roster specifically at forward is like this is. I think like too many guys is a term that you used and it's a term that I use all the time in talking about rosters that can be like this. Like I used it in reference to the Hawks last year. I thought the Hawks had too many guys. I felt like they had like 12 guys. And then you look at how last season played out and there were a million injuries and there were a million injuries in Atlanta too. And people are tired and players are really struggling through this condensed schedule and it's only 72 games but it's over such a short period of time and they had such a short off season you know and i feel like because next season training camp is supposed to start september 28th the season's supposed to start in the middle of october they're planning on playing 82 games because of all that i feel like people say okay schedule's back to normal next year it's not the the off season is a month shorter and players are going to be coming off of a previous offseason that was way shorter. Players are not going to have the rest that they did coming into this year. They're not going to have the normal amount of time that they're used to once again to be able to decompress at the end of the year, then ramp back up going into this next season. You know, all the time, players end up getting into the cities where they play weeks early and they do these games of, you know, kind of an unofficial training camp organized often by players, you know? where they come in and they play pickup every day and they do drills and they just kind of police themselves. And it's, it's not a official team event before training camp starts, but every team does it now. And they don't do it five days before training camp starts. They do it way before like early to mid September. And then training camp starts. And it's like, well, we've been doing this for weeks anyway. And you know, some players might be like, I, I need more time off. I can't be doing that this year. And there are a million other ways that it can be affected. So getting back to the depth of the roster, We saw so much roster attrition this year. I mean, look at the playoffs. Basically, every team had someone significant hurt at some point. You know, people talk about, oh, uh, you know, Phoenix and Milwaukee were able to get there because the teams who they played had injured guys. It's like, well, Giannis got really what looked really badly hurt and missed the last two games of the Hawks series, and they won anyway without him. Chris Paul got hurt multiple times. Then he got stuck in health and safety protocols. Like, there are things like that that can happen this year, too. And, you know, Thomas Bryan is already going into the year not healthy. So we talk about the 12 guys or whatever who could play. You know, it's going to be really interesting to see how the center rotation 
uh, shakes out if all those three guys are healthy and playing together. That will be very interesting. But at least for now, that's not the case. You've got just kind of a normal two-center rotation, which the Wizards can play for the first time in over a year. They'll have a two-center rotation. Uh, wait, just, just let me, wait, because uh, my brain doesn't work. Who were like this argument? Who were like the last three players on the roster? Like if we had to say the 13th, 14th, and 15th, just – why, why are we doing another Jesus Anonymous? I'd say I'd say Anthony like Gill, uh, Isaiah Todd, and uh, you know probably one of the point guards. Uh, my guess would so, be so Aaron Ed, Holiday. My guess would be okay. Holiday. I I would I would guess. I mean, this is I. No one has specifically told me if Holiday or Neto is going to play over the other. I would just Neto had a better season last year. Is coming off a better year. I would guess that Neto is. I would well, assume Neto's the guy. I think he's he at least last year he was the superior player to Aaron Holiday. They traded a first round, or they tw- they traded down nine spots to take Aaron Holiday. So I would hope he's playing. But that aside, that's another topic. Uh, my only point is that whatever it is, Holiday, uh, Anthony Gill, and and the rookie. We'll just put the rookie on the side, right? I mean, Anthony Gill, like obviously you don't want him in the right. I mean, he can play in the NBA. Aaron Holiday obviously can play in the NBA. So even if you traded away a couple guys. You'd still have those guys, plus like Garrison Matthews, you could still do something with, right? And, you know, the aforementioned Cassius Winston, I guess, whatever. I mean, there's something to be there. Uh, everything you're describing totally makes sense, but that's, to me, for a contending team. The idea of having ma- maximizing depth is what the Lakers need to be focused on because they plan to be playing deep into the season. And the Nets and I'm the not Bucks even talking about zone. playing deep into the season. I'm just talking about getting through the season, you know? Player X is hung up with a not so serious but serious enough to sit him out for two weeks ankle injury and player Y is dealing with a lingering calf problem. And now it's like, OK, we're talking about is Berton's going to play? And it's like, yeah, he 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 might end up just playing because one night Kuzma's going to be out and the next week Rui's going to have to sit for a week and the next week Denny's going to have to take five games off. And, you know, the next the next day Beal is just going to be sitting for rest. I mean, it's 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 there are a lot of ways that this can play out uh, just because of the, the context sure. of this season. You know, are you sure. I guess my only point is that while obviously all that you just said is, is, is factually true, all of that is also short term thinking. And my thing with the Wizards is if they want to be short term thinking, OK, but then they kind of do need to trade some of these things to get more because clearly what they have isn't enough to really contend in the East. They really probably then do need to trade take your Kuzma and somebody package or whatever it is to get the, the other thing. Um, because what, I mean, you know what I mean? Like what, what, what are they doing? If they're going to go, if they're looking at it from a longer term perspective, you could trade somebody to get maybe something, other stuff um, down the line, or maybe you just even say, screw it. We do actually keep everybody. Cause we, we don't know exactly who, who is going to break out. Maybe Kuzma does break out. Maybe it's Kispert. Maybe Denny takes another step up, or maybe Montrez Harrell looks like the guy who almost won six man, or he did win six man, right? Um, you know, maybe he's that guy again, right? So maybe you just say screw. It. We have all these guys. We'll throw them out there and see. So I do, I do get, I do get that. I guess I'm just saying, like to me, and I deal with this all. I talk about this all the time with the football team too. Like you have to maximize your uh, your 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 assets. So it is both for the short term um, and the long term. But, I mean, to the to the larger point, like, you know, Bertans is going to have to play defense or, or, or make, you know, uh, you know, 50 percent of his threes to stay out there because they 
do have these other players. Not to say that anybody is all that, but to my point of what was interesting to me, you have a lot of interesting pieces that maybe turn into something. And I would rather lean to me, lean into let me see what we have versus I got to throw Bertans out there because we paid him a lot of money. It's a sunk cost. You've already done it. Now you have other pieces. Last year you didn't have other pieces. You had to play him even when he was not playing that well. Um, this year you don't, and that's why it's going to be interesting to see you know, what a new coach looks to do. Anything else to add? Well, actually, I have something to add before we wrap. Um, oh, boy. Go sign up for The Athletic. I just did a long sit-down with Spencer Dinwiddie, which uh, <laughs> I was I was originally, my plan for the interview was I was like, you know what? My plan is I am going to read and react. I have I have a little bit of an outline of things I want to touch on. Uh, you know, he was in Vegas and I'm in Vegas for summer league right now. And I have, I have a little bit of an outline of things I want to touch on when I set this up with him. And, and I know I didn't know him at all before, but I, I obviously was familiar with him and familiar with other interviews he's done. And I was just like, I want this to go wherever Spencer Dimwitty takes it. And he took it some places. Let's put it this way. He gave me a response at one point, and I was like, you know what? I got to get on his level. And so I just had to follow up with, are you spiritual? And that's where we went in this interview. So there's a lot of stuff on Bradley Beal, a lot of stuff on X's nose, a lot of stuff on basketball analytics and all that and his perspective on all these things and him talking about playing guys one-on-one and all that. And then there's stuff about him talking about wanting to travel the world and meditate with monks and... (laughs) And and so many other topics. Him 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 talking about him referencing Infinity War and uh, just a lot of stuff with Dimity. So if you want to get to know the Wizards' new starting point guard, you should definitely check that out over at the Athletic. And uh, if you aren't a subscriber to the Athletic, you can uh, you can go on and uh, go to theathletic.com/slash/wizards/after-dark. You can sign up for three ninety nine a month. That's it. And uh, It'll get you a lot more than just that Spencer Dimwitty Q and A. Uh, you can you can get everything. You can get Ben's great work on the football team and all of our NBA content, all of our MLB content, all of our WNBA content. Every sport, every article we put up, it gets you this podcast and every other podcast that we have, including standing room only, ad free. Uh, so so check that out. All you got to do is go to theathletic.com slash wizards after dark and you can sign up for three ninety nine a month for a full subscription to The Athletic. Tell your friends about Wizards After Dark. Uh, subscribe to Wizards After Dark. If you don't already subscribe to Wizards After Dark, uh, give us a review. Five stars. The written ones are always really helpful. Uh, I'll be back with a new episode of something crazy happens with the Wizards later, I, I guess, but it kind of feels like we're we're getting to the quieter period of of the year, and uh, I'm going to do some roster evaluation stuff and all that, and then I am going on vacation for a little bit for the first time in two years, and I am <laughs> quite excited about that. Uh, I will be back most likely with a new episode next week. I'll talk to you guys then. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.